It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear our show online at 1400ESPN.net and podcasts available at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios just outside city limits in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan on this Monday, November 15th, 2021. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. We'll be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. Then we'll join Detroit Pistons basketball in progress as the Pistons are taking on the Sacramento Kings tonight. And coming up on the show, we'll be talking Sioux Ontario sports with co-host David McKegg Jr. coming up here around 6.15. We'll also be joined at 6.45 by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. We'll talk about everything going on in the Metro Detroit sports world, and Butch will stick around for the second hour, the roundtable portion of the show. But as always, we start with local sports and certainly lots to cover here on this Monday night. So let's get started with high school football. As the Rudyard Bulldogs and eight-player football on Saturday made their first ever semifinal and their second state semifinal ever in school history, their first since 1982, and they took on Sutton's Bay on Saturday in Sutton's Bay in a Division One semifinal, and the Bulldogs gave the Norsemen a battle as they led uh, pretty much the majority of that game led 36 to 30 with about 30 seconds left and Sutton's Bay had a third and 27 and pulled out the old hook and ladder play. They would tie the game late in the fourth quarter. They missed the two point conversion. Rudyard would get the ball to start overtime, could not convert. And then Sutton's Bay on a third down scored the game winning touchdown and advanced to the division one final as they knock off the Bulldogs by the score of 42-36. to E.J. Suggett had five touchdowns, 147 yards rushing on 42 carries. He was also 6 of 13 passing for 113 yards. For the Bulldogs, Aiden Bickle, he had 11 carries for 67 yards rushing. Cam Peterson had 11 carries for 49 yards. And Tate Bestman led the Rudyard Bulldog receivers with three catches for 87 yards. So the Bulldogs end their very successful season at 9-3. and three. And certainly uh, Coach Jim Suggett, who joined us last week, had some very, uh, I thought, good words in press recounts of the game, talking about the season and the Rudyard players putting the Bulldogs football program on the map. And certainly nothing to hang their heads about. This Rudyard athletic program, pretty much top to bottom, is competitive in almost every sport. And we'll see more of that from Coach Suggett and Coach Peterson and the Rudyard Bulldogs boys basketball team coming up here in a few weeks. Sutton's Bay advances to take on defending state champion Adrian Lanawi Christian in the state final at the Superior Dome on Saturday at 11 a.m. 
In eight-player Division Two, the state final is also set. Powers North Central all over Marion over the weekend by the score of 73-8. to That was a state semifinal. As Powers North Central should be a pretty big favorite. They're going to take on Cologne, who's not bad themselves. Cologne knocks off Agre Sims in their semifinal, 42-6. So Powers North Central will face Cologne in the eight-player Division Two state final. That'll be played at the Superior Dome this Saturday at 2 p.m. Looking at the other divisions in 11-player football, the semifinals are set for this weekend. Beale City will take on Olby in a Division 8 semifinal as well. Hudson will take on Ottawa Lake Whiteford. In Division 7, Traverse City St. Francis, they knock off Ishpeming Westwood over the weekend 48-20. They will take on Pawano Westphalia. And that game will be played at Cedar Springs High School in a Division 7 semifinal. The other semifinal has Lawton taking on Jackson Lumen Christian. In Division 6, Standish Sterling will meet Lansing Catholic in a semifinal. The other semifinal has Michigan Center taking on Warren Mission Collegiate. In Division 5, Kingsley, they fall to Frankenmuth by the score of 33-18. Frankenmuth advances in a state semifinal in Division 5, where they will take on Grand Rapids Catholic Central. The other Division 5 semifinal sees Portland taking on Marine City. In Division 4, semifinals are set. Hudson, Hudsonville Unity Christian will take on Edwardsburg, and Freeland will take on Chelsea. In Division 3, DeWitt meets St. Joseph this weekend in a semifinal, while Mason takes on Detroit Martin Luther King. In Division 2, a Northern Michigan team is still alive, Traverse City Central as they knock off Caldonia by the score of a 42-14. TC Central will take on South Lyon in a Division II semifinal over the weekend at Greenville High School. The other state semifinal in Division II sees Livonia Franklin taking on Warren at De La Salle Collegiate. And in Division I semifinals this weekend, Grand Blank will take on Rochester Adams and Sterling Heights Stevenson will face Belleville. Seven Sioux High players were recognized on the All-UP football team, selected by the UP Sports Writers and Sportscasters, Sportscasters excuse me, Association. A Sioux High sophomore defensive end Callan Campbell was named to the All-Upper Peninsula Dream Team. As well, senior quarterback Jacob Davey, senior defensive back John Robinson, junior guard Adam Horrigan, junior tackle John Burke, and senior Cole Hawker were all named All-UP First Team players. And Suhai running back Ryan LaPlante, he earned an All-UP honorable mention. Some other uh, awards, if you will, or... Players that received postseason honors include an eight-player football in the Great Lakes 8 East Division. Pickford's Josh Sullivan and Newberry's John Nutkins collected top honors voted by the football coaches in that division. Sullivan, of course, from Pickford, a running back and linebacker, and Nutkins, a senior linebacker, he was named Conference Defensive Player of the Year for the Newberry Indians. In Sioux, Ontario sports, the Cora Colts will have a chance to win an Ontario Federation of School Athletic Association's title at home as they defeated North Bay's Algonquin Barons on Saturday afternoon at Superior Heights. As the Colts captured the Northern Ontario Secondary School Athletics Senior Football title as they won that game, as I mentioned, 36 to nothing. Michael Nicoletta ran for 199 yards and 18 carries 
with three touchdowns for the Colts, who put up 438 yards rushing in that game. So Cora advances, and they will take on Thunder Bay's St. Ignatius High School next Saturday, or I should say this Saturday, at Superior Heights. So good luck to the Cora Colts as they advance in the Ontario playoffs volleyball regionals from this past week sue high was in the division two regional semifinal against cadillac and cadillac sweeps the blue devils three to none three to zero rather i should say to advance to the regional final hannah bird finished with 13 assists and 10 digs for the sue high blue devils while jayla jorgensen had nine digs one ace and one assist for the blue devils kenzie bell had two kills one dig and one assist while avery benoit had two kills, two digs, and one ace as the Sioux High Blue Devils end their very successful season undefeated in the Straits Area Conference, regular season, and league tournament. And they won four of their six tournaments that they entered. And it was the final match for Sioux High seniors, which included Jayla Jorgensen, Hannah Bird, Taylor Pratt, Kendra Blair, Avery Benoit, and Faith White. Pickford took on Rudyard in a Division Four regional semifinal in Brimley on Tuesday night, and Rudyard would knock off Pickford by a three-to-one count. And Rudyard advanced to the regional final on Thursday, and they would fall in that match to Inland Lakes by a three sets to one count. So good seasons both for the Rudyard Bulldogs and the Pickford Panthers, both advancing to regionals. And looking at the quarterfinals in Division 4 for volleyball, those will be underway tomorrow. Indian River Inland Lakes will face Ironwood in Munising. Other Division 4 quarterfinals, Traverse City Christian will take on Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart. Battle Creek St. Philip will take on Adrian Lonawi Christian. And Allen Park Inner City Baptist will take on Olby. In Division 2, as I mentioned, the Cadillac Vikings knock off the Suhai Blue Devils three sets to none in their regional semifinal. They would defeat Alma in the regional final by a 3-0 count. And so Cadillac will take on North Branch in a Division 2 quarterfinal. That will be played at Midland. Other Division II quarterfinals, Grand Rapids Christian will take on Niles. Detroit Country Day will take on Pontiac Notre Dame Prep. And Lake Odessa Lakewood will face, I believe that's Ornstead. almost said Olmstead. That would be a different broadcaster on a different station. Shout out to a hot toddy if he's listening tonight. High school hockey will begin this week. And the Sioux High Blue Devils in action at the Big Bear Arena starting on Friday night where the Blue Devils will take on Milford at 8 p.m. And then on Saturday, the Blue Devils will take on White Lake Lakeland. That game is slated at 4, 3 p.m. And you can hear both those games with the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils, Dave Watson. He'll have the game Friday night, starting with the pregame show at 7.45 over on 1230 WSOO. And then on Saturday, pregame show at 2.45. We'll talk more about the Sioux Eagles and the NOJHL coming up with David McKegg Jr. But it appears that the Sioux Eagles will be playing home games at Polar Stadium for the first time, league home games, I should say, since March of 2020, before this pandemic came upon us. As the Eagles were on the road this past weekend, splitting a pair of games, winning at Espanola and losing to Blind River. And the coaching staff and certainly players, fans, and broadcasters are very excited to have them back at Polar Stadium coming up. And they are slated to take on the Espanola Express Friday night at 730 
and resume their border battle with the Sioux Thunderbirds on Saturday at 7. We're hoping to have those games right here on ESPN 1400. We're still working out some details to get those games on the air, but if we do, Yours truly will have the call of those games starting on Friday night against Espanola with the pregame show at 7.15. Sioux Indians in action this weekend as they took on Bell Tire. The Indians would fall to Bell Tire on Saturday at Puller Stadium by the score of 5-1. to one. Then they would lose Sunday at the Taffy Abel Arena by the score of 7-2. to The Indians in action again this weekend at home taking on Little Caesars. They'll play Little Caesars on Saturday at 4 p.m., that game at Polar Stadium, and then they'll take on Little Caesars Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at the Taffy Able Arena. We're going to take our first break of the night here on the game, but we come back, we're going to talk more junior hockey with co-host David McKegg Jr., all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us now, co-host of the game here on ESPN 1400 and host of the game sports show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Ladies and gentlemen, David McKay Jr. joining us once again on this Monday night. Dave, how you doing on this a little bit snowy, chilly mid-November Monday? Scotty, my friend, I am doing great. Always a pleasure to be on on Mondays. I look forward to being on with you each and every Monday. Can't wait to be back in person sooner, hopefully sooner rather than later. How are you on this uh, Monday? Even though I had a little bit of sun today, it's still not covered in snow on the ground, but I hope your day is going well, my friend. It's going great, Dave, and yes, the weather not as bad as it could be and certainly good for the deer hunters out there today, uh, first day of uh, open rifle deer season here in the United States, here in Michigan, I should say. So certainly they're getting pretty good weather today. Uh, Dave, we're talking hockey with you, and let's start with the Ontario Hockey League. The Sioux Greyhounds earned a split of the weekend as they traveled to southern Ontario, falling to a very good London squad on Friday night by the score of 7-4. to four. Hounds would bounce back on Saturday nicely as they defeated Windsor by the score of four to three. The Hounds right now top the West Division with a ten and six record and twenty points, six points ahead of the Windsor Spitfires. The Hounds will be at Saginaw on Wednesday night and then home to Erie on Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. You can hear both those games over on Rock 101 with Jerry Liscom Jr. And Dave, the Hounds haven't had a lot of adversity this season. They did have a little bit here, a two-game losing streak going into that game Saturday, but bounced back nicely. Your thoughts so far on the Hounds' early season success? It seems more than non-success. No, honestly, you know, 10 and 6, you know, that's a, that's a good record to come out of the gate with. And we've touched on this a few times in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, the whole point, if you can go back to our first recording before the puck drop on the OHL season, we, we discussed how, you know, how's this Hound team going to be for real? Is it going to be a team that competes? Are they going to be, you know, looking towards a retooling phase? Or is this going to be a team that's going to be on the top of the conference? And they're proving that they are a team that deserves to be on the top of the conference. The chemistry is great throughout the entirety of the lineup. They're buying into the systems, which is key. Sometimes you don't always need star-studded talent, which they do have. They have some good stars on their team. I'm not saying they don't. But what they buy into more, in my opinion, is the system play. 
that is being provided by the coaching staff and the players are buying in. And that's what I think is a big success. You know, if you can come out of the gate and you can be hot, that's all fine and dandy. But if you can have your players buy into what you're putting out on the ice in terms of what you expect of them, that's where the success comes from. So I do got to give credit uh, to the coaching staff. But ultimately, the players have been playing really well. You know, obviously losing six games, not like they're 16-0 and or anything of such. They've lost hockey games and a little bit of adversity as you mentioned, but the game against London, that's a team that, Scotty, is. Uh, it seems like a lot of times we're saying that London's a very good hockey team and they're, they're a program that always had success. And this is going to be one of those years where we're going to see London on the top of the conference and they're going to be pushing for an OHL championship, if not a Memorial Cup. And honestly, I think the Hounds are where they should be in terms of their record. I, you know, being at the top, you really can't go much higher than the top. But like I said, they're not 16-0 and 0 opposed to 10-6. and 6, But they still have had a great start. I think the big thing has come from the buying into what the coaching staff has put into play for their players to buy into. And I think it's just the players that are jiving well together, more so than the stars that they have on the team. Defensively, in their zone, they're excellent. In the neutral zone, their coverage is great. In the offensive zone, they're mute. they're mostly uh, capitalizing on opportunities that they're provided. Uh, there obviously is room for improvement. Uh, the game against London was a good measuring stick, if you will, to see where they last against them. Obviously, um, obviously, they've shown that they are a little bit, I guess, I would say, behind London. Uh, but I'm confident that they, you know, if they played a seven-game series against London, that it would be not a sweep. I think it'd be very close six, seven-game series. So I think the Hounds are on the right track. They just got to keep running on all four legs. If you catch my pun. I do. And uh, Dave, let's move on to the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League. Both the both the Swigles. And Sue Thunderbirds in action this past weekend. Both teams going one and one. Uh, the Eagles playing all their games on the road. Uh, that will change uh, this upcoming Friday and Saturday night as they will have their first home games scheduled at Polar Stadium in the league since March 2020. They would defeat Espinola on Friday night two to nothing and then fall to Blind River three to two. The Beavers knocked off the Thunderbirds on Friday night, five to nothing, while the Thunderbirds defeated Espinola on a Saturday by the score of a six to two. Very competitive West Division, Dave. Uh, the Thunderbirds in first place with 29 points. Blind River with their sweep this weekend, now in second with 22, along with Greater Sudbury and the Eagles in fourth place with 21 points. However, they played five less games than the Thunderbirds and Blind River. Uh, the Eagles again at home this weekend. I didn't think I'd be saying that, but they are. And they'll take on Espinola Friday night and the Sioux Thunderbirds on Saturday night. The T-Birds will also host Elliott Lake on Friday night. So, Dave, certainly in these parts, a lot of fans, including myself, uh, doing the play-by-play for the Sioux Eagles. Very excited to have home league hockey back at Polar Stadium. Your thoughts on the Eagles, the Thunderbirds, and the NOJHL? The NOJHL, you know what, I want to say quickly first, even it's a little bit outside the Eagles, but the Thunderbirds have been really active in the trade market a little bit the last, uh, well, basically all year. Henderson and crew have done a, a great job addressing the needs on this team, and uh, today making a deal as well. They've made a recent deal last week. They're moving for player development fees, or they're trying to bring in players from the uh, Southern Ontario to help and bolster uh, this team. So I'm very curious to see uh, how the Thunderbirds are going to continue this year, if they're going to keep being active on using their cards uh, to bring in players or uh, if they're going to be moving players, you know, they take pride in having their Sioux talent uh, definitely groomed, which they have a lot of, uh, but 
they are really active in the trade market. So I'd say the Thunderbirds are continuing to bolster as best as they can uh, so they can keep being a serious contender and a favorite in the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, especially from the Western Division. But the Eagles, Scott, you mentioned them playing back at Polar. That's that that arena stadium, I guess you say stadium, because it's called Polar Stadium. They it has a close place in my heart, obviously. Uh, you know, I obviously playing there as a player. I was actually the first Canadian ever signed to the Eagles. Fun fact, maybe that'll be a trivia yep. one day. Uh, so you know, that has obviously a close place to my heart, and that's such a passionate fan base. These Sioux Eagles fans are. The burgers are scrumptious, by the way. I got to make sure I got to make sure I add that in there. But the atmosphere is great overall and that's what's going to be very big for the Eagles yeah they played on the road they played at uh they consider them home games but they're all on the road and it is junior tier two junior level hockey it isn't the national hockey league by any means but that is still a big effect on a team when you have uh when you have a team that is only playing uh on the road opposed to playing on home ice and I think the poor stadium is going to be a big effect on the Eagles going forward. And I want to use the Blue Jays as an example to that. Look, I know it's baseball compared to hockey, major leagues compared to junior, but Blue Jays, when they played in Dunedin and when they played in Buffalo, before they went to the Rogers Center, the effect was massive. Yes, 20,000 people opposed to maybe 1,000 or so. But again, it's still that home cooking. It's a different feeling. It's an advantage. That's why they call it home ice advantage. So I'm very interested to see how the Eagles, if they can keep up this Success that I think they've had this year, I think where they're at in the standings is almost where they should have been pitted, should have been pegged at. Now, I know some people in the Eagles side might be like, what does that mean? They should be maybe a first place team. Yeah, potentially given their roster, but they've played on the road. They've had to leave their house. They've had to go to different places, different houses. It's very, very difficult on the body to keep adjusting to different places and different schedule like that and not playing at home. Yes, again, it's with all within Northern Ontario, so it's not like you're traveling to British Columbia, but it is very kind of, you know, difficult to adjust when you're not playing at home ice all the time. So, Scotty, I think you'll agree uh, that the Eagles having them at home is going to play a big effect on their success, and I think they can really make a good run at first in this division if they can make that uh, home ice advantage into success. We are very excited to have Sioux Eagles hockey back on our airwaves starting this weekend, Friday night, against Espinola. Yours truly with a call starting at the pregame show at 7.15. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, let's end our segment with the National Hockey League. And let's look at the Canadian teams early in the season and their success. Let's start in the east, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have uh, righted the ship, at least uh, as of late, now 10-5-1, just two points behind the Florida Panthers in the Atlantic Division. Uh, the other two teams struggling mightily. Team Montreal, 4-11-2 with 10 points. And Ottawa, 4-10-1, 9 points. And they're not going to play uh, games for a while. COVID-19 still around, and it's affecting the Ottawa Senators. They've canceled their last or their next three games. So uh, those three teams, Dave, uh Really, the only surprise there to me is Montreal just not doing well. Obviously, a big loss in net without Carey Price, but just your thoughts on those three teams. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs were definitely awful out of the gate, and it was concerning. You know, they the when you lose someone like Frederick Anderson, despite how strong Jack Campbell has played, and even with this year, I always I was a big fan of the Leafs maybe trying to keep Frederick Anderson. I thought that keeping him and Jack would have been a great tandem in net. 
that I don't know if Freddie would have liked to share the net uh, as much as he would have had to. And they spent some extra money on Nick Ritchie that I didn't feel that they had to, uh, despite being in Toronto and the taxes and everything. It kind of makes you more attracted to come to Canadian City when you pay a bit more. So, you know, I kind of wish they would have spent what they did on Nick Ritchie, who's still uh, waiting for his first goal as a Toronto Maple Leaf for over 15 games. Somebody you wanted to be in your top six. Uh, Michael Bunting, who finally took the monkey off his back against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, you know, there's a guy who they like to call poor man Zach Hyman. Uh, has Was good out of the gate, but hasn't kept up. But the core four has actually been really hot. And if it wasn't for the core four, the last... I want to say over a handful of games where they've gotten over 80% of their points. Uh, and also with Jack Campbell, if Jack Campbell wasn't healthy, the Leafs would not be where they're at. And I think the depth of the Leafs is strong. They just have to start coming through or they might have to make a move because they're in a very competitive division and being two points behind the Florida Panthers is great where they're at. They started, they were 10 or two, four and one, I believe at one point. Now they've won eight out of the last nine games. That's amazing, right? That's a great run for the Leafs. Some good wins as well in there, and a very good team win against Buffalo on Saturday. Uh, Colin Miller, Sunni have had a great game that game against uh, the Leafs, I would like to say. Uh, you know, despite he was on for one of the nicer goals against, he did uh, really factor into Buffalo playing well. Uh, Joseph Wall, rookie, went into the game, did well, give Jack Campbell a rest as Mrazek remains hurt again. Uh, you know, I, I really feel like this Leafs team, a lot of it's going to really come out, Scott, if they can keep this consistency up, if the depth can pick it up, as well as Jack Campbell staying healthy. If Peter Morazic can get healthy as well and have two very healthy goaltenders, at least can stay where they are in the division within the top two or three. Uh, I would grade those so far at this point. The Leafs have done very strong. Uh, brutal start, awful start, atrocious. Every Leaf fan was panicking, but they've now they've settled down. They've gotten back into it, and hopefully they can keep up the success because it's a very good hockey team that's too good to not make the playoffs or not just get past the first round either. This is a Stanley Cup favorite. They should play like it, and hopefully they continue to do so. Montreal and Ottawa, Scott. Montreal tough. You know, when Montreal beat Toronto last year, I thought it was Carey Price. I thought, but really that team really came together last year in the playoffs, and that's why they beat Toronto, Winnipeg, and Vegas. Caulfield getting sent down. There's a lot of turmoil in that organization right now uh, that kind of come into play where players aren't performing, such as Caulfield. You know, the fingers are pointed at Suzuki is not playing as well. Uh, obviously, with uh, Carey Price being out for the mental health issues, a very big concern. Uh, glad he went into the assistance program, but that was a big loss for the team, obviously. There's a lot of factors around Montreal that's causing a lot of question marks, and I think this team needs to check where its identity is. If they don't write the ship quickly, they need to see where they need to be because this year's draft and next year's draft are going to be the strongest it's been in a few years since Matthews and McDavid, in my opinion, uh, with Shane Wright going first this year, as well as uh, Connor Bedard and Mishkov going first and second next year. So I think the Habs got to evaluate where they're at, but I think the way they are, Scott, I think they are where they should be. I don't think they're as good as what they were pegged to be, and I think their true colors are starting to come out because if Carey Price was in that, I would say they'd be around 500 right now. But without him, they're showing that they need Carey Price, and that's a big part of their organization. So if Carey comes in, they can maybe salvage a bit of this year, but my hopes aren't high. Lastly, and quickly with the Senators, this is a team that's still retooling and rebuilding. Brady Grady Kachuk, sorry, captain. And this team is going to get in the right direction. I'm very confident. I love the way Ottawa is, the way their prospects are. Jake Sanderson, the crew. I, I think Ottawa is on the right ship. I think 
that if everyone can keep buying into Ottawa, be patient. Trust me, as a Leaf fan, despite we haven't had playoff success, it was worth watching guys like Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and those guys grow uh, because eventually these stars like Kachuk and those guys are going to come up and be successful. And you're going to have veterans eventually come in that want to play in Ottawa, and it's going to shape a very nice team. So I think Ottawa is where they expect to be as well. I would say next year would be the year that Ottawa starts to make a bit more noise to make a last wild card playoff spot, if not the year after, because rebuilding does take time. But Canadian teams overall between the three, obviously Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, my one, two, and three, because I think Ottawa is where they're supposed to be. Montreal is underachieving, but as I mentioned, they're showing their true colors right now without Carey Price. But with Carey Price coming back soon, I think that they might write the ship a little bit, but it might be a little bit too late because of the competitiveness in that division. Dave, we're running a little short on time, so we'll get to the other Canadian teams next week. Uh, but before we let you go, uh, what's ahead for the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario? Certainly a busy week last week within the pocket, along with Strike Zone and a top shelf this week. Another edition of In the Pocket, and myself and Daniel Scarpino will be having uh, the game sports show soccer edition on Wednesday. What else is in store for you and your crew, sir? Uh, we certainly do peg to have another top shelf edition this week, the date to be determined. Uh, if not, we will be moving it to next week. We like to make sure we space out our content as much as possible. Uh, our special edition uploads, everyone's still waiting for that update. We, our next one is still on hold. We plan to have it either next week or the Friday after. So within the next seven to 14 days, we'll have our first video upload with the game sports show on our special edition upload on YouTube. So I will give an update on that more so next week. Uh, as well as our contest update with uh, one of our partners here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Uh, you can just check on the GameSportsShow.com or the GameSportsShow social media pages for our contest upload that we will be having. So for some free money, if you want to be a part of that, you just got to follow the directions as per the contest details. Nonetheless, Scott, you already mentioned uh, in the pocket as usual, uh, so we will be getting that to all these shows. And I will be recording with James Duffy, this week. So I am going to be releasing a little bit of names I am recording with. A lot of big special edition uploads coming, Scotty, so I'm very excited about that. But as you mentioned, In the Pocket and Top Shelf will be on the agenda this week from Sioux, Ontario, along with yourself and Dan with the Soccer Edition. Looking forward to it. Again, you can find all shows at thegamesportshow.com, thegamesportshow.podbean.com, or pretty much any podcast platform. You can find it all at the Game Sports Show. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. Dave, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Sounds good, Scotty. Thank you. And everybody, and males in particular, if you have your mustache growing, don't hesitate to show your picture. Mine is real ugly right now. (laughs) (laughs) But you're doing it for a cause, Dave. (laughs) Definitely. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have more of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. ESPN 1400. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 6.36 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with the want to thank David McKeg Jr. for joining us once again on the game. We're hoping to get Dave 
over here in studio soon once the border situation it becomes a little easier to navigate. Coming up here in about 10 minutes or so, we'll be talking regional sports with Butch Davis, host of Butch on Sports and co-host of this show. But we still have more local sports to cover here, and let's go to LSSU Athletics as the Laker hockey team was in action this weekend at the Taffy, Taffy Able Arena taking on Bemidji State. The Lakers would fall on Friday night by the score of a 5-4. to four. Sophomore forward Benito Posa scored his first career hat trick for the Lakers, while Louis Badone also scored a goal as the Lakers would fall on Friday night to the Beavers, and the Beavers would earn the sweep of Lake State on Saturday night as Bemidji State won by the score of 4-2 in that game. Cole Kraft scored his first collegiate goal, and Miroslav Muka recorded the other Laker goal. So the Lakers now 7-6-1 overall, 3-3 three three in a CCHA competition, currently tied for fourth place with Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan with eight points. All those teams are seven points behind first place Minnesota State and Bemidji State. And the Lakers will travel to Bowling Green this upcoming weekend to take on the Falcons. First game set for 737 on Friday night, 707 on Saturday. You can hear both those games over on YesFM. And don't forget, tomorrow afternoon at noon, Right here on ESPN 1400, we'll have the Laker Hockey Show with the voice of the Lakers, Bill Crawford, along with head coach Damon Witten and a cast of thousands all here on ESPN 1400. The Lake State Volleyball team, they ended their season on Saturday at Northwood as the Lakers would fall by the score of 3 to nothing. So the Lakers finish 2-25 overall, 2-13 in GLIAC play. Senior Bethany Wilson led the team on Saturday with 9 kills on 22 attempts, while senior Camden Odekirk finished with 8 kills and 18 attempts to rank 2nd behind Wilson in that one. Lake Spear State men's cross-country student-athlete David Mitter qualified for an at-large bid for the NCAA Division II cross-country championships following his performance at the Midwest Region Championships last weekend as Mitter would place 12th overall in that race and set himself up for the national championships. This marks the second time in Mitter's collegiate career that he will compete in the NCAA Division II championships as he also qualified for as a sophomore. And the men's championship race will be hosted by St. Leo University and Tampa Bay Sports Commission. This will take place at 9.45 a.m. on Saturday. And a live stream of the championships will be available at NCAA.com. The Laker women's basketball team, uh, they were ranked sixth in the 2021-22 GLIAC North Division Women's Basketball Preseason Coaches Poll. This was released last Tuesday. The Lakers received 16 points in the poll to put them behind first place Michigan Tech, who garnered 56 points, Ferris in second, along with Parkside, Northern Michigan fourth, Purdue Northwest fifth, and again, Lake State predicted sixth in the North Division. The Laker women's basketball team, they traveled down to Cedarville University to take part this past weekend in the 2021 Midwest Region crossover, and they would lose on Friday night to Cedarville by the score of 88-37 to in that game. Madison Raymond led the Lakers in points. She had 15, while 
The Lakers struggled with the turnovers on Friday. Junior Kelly Oltoff tied her career high in points on Friday with 10. But the Lakers bounced back nicely on Saturday as they defeated Ohio Dominican by the score of 68-64 to to go to 1-1 one one after the first weekend of games in their season. Mackenzie Bray, she absolutely lit it up for the Lakers. She set a new career high in single-game points with 24 she went 9-for-10 from the field, including 4-for-4 four four from beyond the arc. And she also added four rebounds, two assists, and three steals to lead the Lakers to the win. Madison Raymond and Margot Woofter also had good efforts for the Lakers on Saturday. Raymond scored 17 points in the game and added a team-leading 11 rebounds to record her second double-double of the season. And Woofter, who played a team-high 39 minutes, as I mentioned, finished with 16 points. Laker women 1-1 one one on the season. They will return to the Bud Cooper Gymnasium this weekend as they will take on Ursuline College on Sunday at 3 o'clock. And you can hear that game right here with David John starting with the pregame show at 2.45. Lake Superior State men's basketball team, they were ranked 6th. In the preseason poll, actually, that's a mistake there. They were ranked fourth. I printed that wrongly there. Lakers uh, will certainly have a very good squad. And, well, they were hoping to travel to Missouri this past weekend for a pair of games, but those games were canceled due to COVID-19. But all systems appear to be a go for this weekend as the Laker men are scheduled to take on Ursuline for a pair of games at the Bud Cooper Gymnasium Friday at 5 p.m. and Saturday at 3 p.m. And you can hear both of those games right here on ESPN 1400. And as I mentioned, we're transitioning into the winter sports season and looking out the window right now. It looks like the winter sports season as snow is flying around the Twin Sioux. We mentioned Sioux High Hockey will start this weekend uh, starting Friday night at the Big Bear Arena against Milford, 8 p.m. Dave Watson will have the call of that one over on 1230 WSOO, starting with the pregame show around 745. And then on Saturday, the Blue Devils will take on White Lake Lakeland at 3. You can hear the pregame show over on 1230 WSOO with Dave Watson. And I believe Big Daddy making a performance on the mic. Always good to have Dave and Rick Corbier on the call. And I'll certainly be listening to those games. Again, you can hear both of those over on 1230 WSOO. And the high school basketball seasons will begin. Really looking forward to that. As Suhai, uh, for the boys and the girls, will begin in early December. And our first Blue Devil broadcast will be on Friday, December 3rd, as the Blue Devil girls, led by Pat Bennon, will take on Escanaba. I'll be filling in for Dave Watson for the call of that one. Early start, I believe, on that one. We'll have the pregame show at 545. So certainly... We'll be talking a lot of high school sports coming up, along with swimming and diving, wrestling, and some of the other sports that don't, don't always garner the headlines. We'll keep you abreast here on the game. And also, you can hear all high school sports interviews and more over on Coach's Corner with Dave Watson, uh, live from Applebee's every Saturday morning, starting at 11.05. We're going to take a break here on the game, but we come back, we will be talking to Butch Davis from a Butch on Sports and we have a lot of Detroit sports to cover. Hey, all the teams won over the weekend. No, that doesn't include the Lions, but they didn't lose. As a matter of fact, the Lions haven't lost in two weeks. They didn't lose to the bye week, and they didn't lose to the Steelers yesterday. 
but they didn't beat them either. So we got a lot to talk about, and we'll talk about that all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Reed Metals in Tafter, your honest main source one-stop metal recycling business serving northern Michigan, hopes you had a wonderful summer. Our summer is coming to an end, and soon we will have snow. Now's the time to do your fall cleanup and make some extra money by selling your scrap metals. Reed Metals will give you an honest price for your metal without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals, and they'll print you a check. They'll pay you for items like scrap vehicles, heavy equipment, catalytic converters, Radiators, batteries, aluminum rims, motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Roll-off dumpster service available for both residential and commercial locations. Reed Metals is located just 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Your backyard should be an oasis, not a challenge. With steel, you can enjoy great value on outdoor power equipment that will get you there. From lightweight, quiet blowers to easy starting, powerful chainsaws, the battery-powered AK Homeowner Series has what you need to take on your to-do list. Visit Skinner's of Pickford, your tractor source in the north, Pickford, Michigan. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern UP for over 38 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Give them a call, 906-632-1235. Or stop by and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Dreaming of owning your own home? Turn that dream into a reality with help from Taquamanan Area Credit Union. TACU has a full line of mortgage products to fit your every need. Not sure where to begin? Getting a pre-approval is a good first step on the road to home ownership. To get pre-approved, you can apply online at TACUMI.com. Visit us at our Newberry office or call our mortgage department at 906-293-5117. Taquamanan Area Credit Union. To us, it's always personal. Member NCUA. Ah, the joy. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. Almost got an extra commercial in there. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us for this portion of the show and for the remainder of the show co-host butch davis from butch on sports a brand new edition of butch on sports you can find on his podcast page just go to simply butch two that's too.potomatic.com you can also find butch on sports on our podcast site the game sports show.podbean.com or just go to Facebook and look up Butch on Sports. You can find him there as well as Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports world and the sports world in general. Butch, it's a little snowy up here. How are things in your part of the world, and how you doing on this Monday night, sir? It's cold. I need a blanket. 
and any other things you can send with me here. I'll take them all here, man. It's well, very cold up in here. I can't take it. We'll send you a care package indeed, Butch. And uh, I was happy that you were able to be on the show tonight because tonight, or today, I should say, this morning was the opening day of rifle deer season in Michigan. Butch Davis, I'm going to ask you this. Do you hunt deer? Have you ever hunted deer? Have you ever wanted to hunt deer? I went hunting once. I did not get a deer. I didn't need to use a shotgun. I stayed behind and did all the cooking and whatnot there. And uh, some deer was uh, fested there. We did not skin them because I wasn't touching them. But I had a great time there. And would I do it again? No. <laughs> Exactly. Well, we got a lot of people around these parts, Butch, that are, and certainly a good luck to the deer hunters and be safe. Probably. Oh yeah. Probably a lot listening in at deer camp. I don't think they get the, the internet and, and, and such. They can hear our show. Telling between stories and whatnot here for three days. Boy, your impact is. It's screwed. Butch, uh, before we get to the Lions and all the other sports, uh, we talked earlier about uh, the high school football uh, finals and eight player coming up this weekend and the semifinals in 11 player. Uh, no area teams in. Uh, Rudyard certainly gave Sutton's Bay uh, all they could handle and more would fall in overtime. Uh, what are some of the games coming up this weekend uh, that you're looking at in your area? Well, uh, I would say the one that would be interesting to me, although there are many others, would be um, definitely, let me get up here and have my little skit here, because uh, I was going through it last night on the show. Uh, the one I'm interested in is Mason, who's 10-2, and two, versus Martin Luther King, who's 11-1. and one. Uh, They're at Wayne uh, Memorial Stadium, which is basically in Wayne County, uh, used to Know where the stadium is, very familiar with the area there. And um, I'm just very because I think the winner of this particular game is going to win the whole basket in Division Three. Although St. Joseph, to me right now, at 8-4, and four, that's the team I'm looking at to be a sneaky peek, uh, uh, little thing on uh, DeWitt there. If DeWitt is not careful, St. Joseph will win that game there. And then you'll have a somewhat a um, sympathetic or maybe a underdog versus the Crusader finish in that particular division there. But that was, that's the division that kind of opened my eyes up there. I saw some other games uh, close to the edge there. Chelsea, who's 12 and zip, who's had a great, great year. They play in Freeland, and that's in Division Four. That's like the second uh, semifinals versus the first semifinals would two undefeated teams with Edinburgh and also Hudsonville Unit, uh, Unity Christian at 12 and 0. They have not lost a beat and they've played some pretty doggone heavy competition in their division there. So that won't be a, a fluke at all there. You know, the winner of that particular game has a very good chance uh, to deal with uh, Division 2 there. Although Chelsea, again, would be my sleeper for that division there. Other than that, there's some pretty good matchups there. Uh, Frank and Moot, uh, 12 and 0. They play in uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. That's in Division 5. That's one in the semis versus Portland and uh, Marine City. Uh, both, uh, one Marine City that is, is uh, 12 and Zip versus Portland is 10 and 2. That it could be a very good sneaky attack 
for Portland to get into the the finals there. Watch out for Portland in that particular game there. As far as the other one that uh, the undefeated are ranked there, Frank and Moot would be probably my choice to see that they get down to Fort Field there. There's a lot of others there that I know we can mention there, um, including maybe some of the lower divisions, such as uh, maybe Division 8 of Jubilee is 12-0 versus Bill City at 11-1. Uh, uh, that's going to be pretty good. I've seen Bill City before on Tully, and uh, they're a very strong team. I have not seen Jubilee yet. Uh, Ottawa Lake, uh, Whiteford, and uh, Devlin won. Uh, they take on either Hudson or, uh, let's see, uh, Adrian College there. That's at Adrian College. Uh, Ottawa Lake, Whiteford versus Hudson, I should be saying. that two pretty good teams there at at their records there. Uh Whiteford's eleven and one, Hudson's twelve and zip there. Oh uh, now the eight player deal, I know you go and went over there with a fine tooth comb, Scott, so I'm gonna let you have the the, the honors of dealing with that one there. Yeah, we talked about the eight-player finals at the Uper Dome in Marquette this upcoming weekend. Uh, Sutton's Bay, who knocked off Rudyard, will take on Adrian Wilnawi Christian, defending state champ in D1 and in Division Two. Powers North Central, who is very powerful, Butch. They won their state semifinal over Marion 73-8. to They'll take on Cologne, that one set in Division Two at 2 p.m. Wow, a 73-8 to drubbing in the state semifinal. You don't see that very much. Yeah, they should have been a hundred like the other team on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. That's what I there. did. And being that it's a, a quarterfinal game, uh, <laughs> which is called the regionals, that is. There. Right. But would you have a complaint on them pumping the score up there in a championship situation? Yeah, but Powers is a youper, Butch. They get a pass in my book. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and Butch, this this is a very very busy time in high school sports. You look at that's right. There it goes, and it shows my biases as well. Butch, this Butch, this time last year, nothing was going on because everything was shut down. This season, obviously, the football playoffs. You got volleyball quarterfinals and state championships this weekend. Swimming and diving in the Lower Peninsula Championships, and today is the first day of practice for high school basketball, uh, high school hockey. Uh, just a lot going on right now, and uh, all systems appear to be go as well. Everything's getting warmed up, but I hate to say it again. And please, everyone, gotta stay safe. Uh, do it for the kids and get uh, their. Uh, inoculations and whatnot, please do so here. You know, we hate for something. This is uh, the greatest time of the year with Thanksgiving coming up and Christmas. Everybody's indoors. Come on, help yourself out there. Help the kids out as well there. be safe and be well there. Butch, uh, one other high school note. Uh, we talked last weekend about the uh, cross-country championships, which happened in the Lower Peninsula uh, a week or so ago. Uh, a Michigan high school runner set a personal record and finished second at the state finals a couple weekends ago, only to be disqualified for swearing as he crossed the finish line. Garrett Winter, a Parchman High School senior, finished the 5K course in a time of 15 minutes and 27 seconds, and he was was so excited about beating his personal
personal best by 22 seconds that he uttered five words, including some of the four letter variety that you can't say on TV or radio. Uh, this video was posted, of course, uh, to uh, media and social media outlets, but the celebration was in violation of the National Federation of State High School Association's rule book, which governs high school track and cross country, stating unacceptable conduct by a competitor includes, but is not limited to willful failure to follow the directions of a meet official using profanity that is not directed at someone or any action which could bring discredit to the individual or his or her school. And so because of this, that young man was uh, disqualified from the meet. I just wanted your thoughts on that. Certainly a, a tough job or a tough thing for that young man to go, but a rule is a rule and he broke it. Well, if anyone wants the interpretation of that, plain and simple, is that young man uh, expressed some words of profanity after he won, and then official approached him, and he expressed some profanity at the official. Yeah, that didn't help his cause. Plain <laughs> and simple here, uh, cut and dry kind of situation, you know, is one thing to say those things during uh, your excitement of the win, but again, he didn't keep himself together when it came down to the officials. All he had to do was button his lip, and he probably would have still won, and he maybe would have been condemned for the curse words, but again, he would not lost everything. And, you know, you feel bad for the young man, but again, his coach is responsible for the players who are, uh, uh, he worked with and again, letting them know, and it's so important for these kids to know the rules and regulations, the basic rules and regulations of sportsmanship. And that is one of the things that should be on the top of the list. And it's apparently, uh, coaches or uh, whatever it may be didn't, uh, get that to the young man's head there where it is, it was absorbed and, uh, he didn't do those things. Unfortunate. But again, the rules are rule. Again, it's one thing to express yourself when he won. I think they would have kind of overlooked that. But again, when you express yourself to an official because of they're trying to make an explanation of what should not be done and you uh, express yourself in the manner he did, probably so, uh, there it is, you know. I think it's cut and dry, what I think about it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the rule's the rule, and unfortunately, uh, that young man uh, got a little too excited and unfortunately paying the price. Bush, we're going to take our top-of-the-hour break, but when you and I come back, we're going to talk tie games in the NFL as the Detroit Lions... Yeah, the Detroit Lions uh, did not lose. They did not win. And we certainly have a lot to say about it, and we will. All coming up on the roundtable portion of our show... Coming up on the game here on ESPN 1400. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things. Like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux.
Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, pec supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice Equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. And welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Don't forget, right after our show, we'll join Detroit Pistons basketball in progress as the Pistons at home tonight set to tip off against the Sacramento Kings. Butch, let's move on to our favorite team that we love to talk about every Monday, the Detroit Lions. And well, on Sunday, the Lions, after a bye week, which they didn't lose, They didn't lose against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh on Sunday, but they didn't win either as they would play to a 16-16 tie against the Steelers after squandering their own chance to win the game in overtime on a missed field goal. The Lions did salvage the tie when Detroit safety Will Harris forced a fumble from a pass attempt and completion, rather, I should say, to Pat Fryermuth while Pittsburgh tried to set up the game-winning field goal attempt as the clock expired on Jared Goff's 22-yard completion to Kalief Raymond, ending the game in a 16-16 tie. So, Butch, first of all, we both have a lot to say about this. I'm going to give you the floor on what you saw on Sunday. The Lions didn't win, but they didn't lose either. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm being redundant on this conversation, but I'm just going to lay it on out. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. From the beginning of the season, one thing I noticed very well with the Detroit Lions, and this is without Taylor Deckard, okay, that they seem to have a very good niche in running the ball for the life of me. And for many weeks, I couldn't understand why they did not be redundant when they do that, because it would give them a lot more success on the field and would give them a more honest chance to win a game or to pass the ball, which really right now we don't have a quarterback who thinks in his his own frame of mind there. So you got to really set it up for him to uh, basically – have things right. And in this this week, Dan Campbell was calling all the plays, okay? Something he has not done all year. It was a nice change of pace. The Lions ran for 229 yards. Yeah. And we haven't seen that since the Henbrook win. <laughs> You know, and and, and, it, 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 and this is on 39 carries, okay? So they, their net yardage was very, very good. Their 
Offensive line, uh, to me, is very geared to, to deal with that. And when you do that, you get the defense something to look forward to. That's a rear end kicking, okay, because they're able to do it at a leap and a bound, okay? So when the offensive people come at you doing the same thing that you're doing to them, it wears them out. It wears them down. When receivers are blocking on cornerback and continue to pound on them, it makes things a lot easier for the quarterback. It should be, in this particular case, to be able to pass the ball. When they figure that out, I think the Lions will have a lot more success on offense, and especially in the red zone where there are failures to a no-not-one. Looking- Again, they made a lot of errors, okay, and a lot of mistakes. With basically right now, they got to clean on up. And they also, they got to do some things to, to make things legit. Here, here's, a, here's a stat for you, okay? Golf finished with 114 yards passing. <laughs> In overtime. <laughs> okay. 60 of those yards. This is three out of five passing in overtime. Okay. In the game, you went past for the whole game, 54 yards, 11 for 20. That means this guy has been laying on the doggone ground the majority of the game, okay, for the sacks, because that deducts from his passing and whatnot. So that's the needle in the haystack right there. We got to get our offensive line not only be able to to, uh, to be able to run the football, but be able to protect the quarterback. And the quarterback has some decent timing and some receivers running some decent routes. I don't see any decent routes that they have ran. Of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, cornerbacks will pound on you, pound on you, and pound on you. You're not able to run a decent pass route, so that could be a good reason, too, why uh, particulars were, uh, those stats were the way they were. A few of my takes, Butch, before I uh, throw out some other uh, questions and topics for you. Uh, obviously, the effort was there. I don't think there's any question. We didn't see that a couple weeks ago when the, the Lions got absolutely run out of the building against Cincinnati, and the effort was there. The talent level is not. I think most people would agree outside of the offensive line and maybe a, a punter, there, there's just not a lot of talent on this roster. These wide receivers are, are just not good. They haven't played a lot. Uh, they don't get open. TJ Hawkinson basically disappeared from that game. Uh, he had two penalties and no catches. And you look at Jared Goff and Dan Campbell in his press conference today said, uh, you know, he's their best option to win a game. I'm not so sure about that. You look at what he did on Sunday. He went four for seven in the first half for 11 yards. I don't remember an NFL game where a quarterback has had such a mediocre stat line. There were some questions during the game, Butch, as far as if he was hurt. And you know what? If you see he's hurt and he can't throw the ball, wouldn't a better option be to bring in the other guy? I mean, David Blau maybe isn't the biggest name, but he's the backup quarterback, and you have a backup quarterback for a reason, and you see what Goff's doing out there. Is it just that he can't? find an open receiver he can't throw the ball downfield is it a combination of of many things I mean this golf thing is not working out for the Lions and at some point that you would think they would look at maybe going a different direction where you have a quarterback like Blau that maybe doesn't have the best arm but he's a little more mobile and and can maybe make something out of nothing because you look at golf stats and you mentioned his passing staffs Stats, rather, his average throw in the air. That's a combination of how long a throw is in the air, not passing yards or anything, was 1.8 yards. That's about five feet. 
per throw. I mean, is this the best the Lions can come up with right now? Uh, here's the deal, okay, and I, I kind of disagree with the talent level. I think the talent level is there. The coaching is stinks to high heaven, okay? And this is one example I'm going to give you here. The Lions, although they ran for 229 yards, they did not continue to run. No. They were very predictable on third down or second down, coming out here and passing the ball. When basically, when you're mowing people down with your run, you continue to pound on them there, okay? If you have to pound on them eight times in a row, you do it. The Lions did not do that. They took times of basically where their pass has shown that on second down, and then they have to pass on third down that a team is more readily able to defend against it, okay? And that's where the problem lies. I agree with you wholeheartedly on this guy playing the whole game. A block should have been brought in. He's a lot more mobile. He would have gave the team a better opportunity because he's able to run around or he's able to scramble. Golf is not a, was not able to do that. And so that was a downfall altogether there. Where receivers were loose, he can't get to him because, again, he's concentrated on one part of the field where Bronk would probably would have scrambled out of those particular situations they almost getting sacked with and found the receiver in the open to get some big yardage or some yardage for a first down. So those options are not available. The, the problem, again, is with the Lions is they're too predictable when it comes down to their play calling. When they have something working, they don't continue to use it and use it out until somebody stop it. They continue to think that they can throw the ball or be this uh, one, two, three, uh, run and shoot type of uh, team that really right now, you can't do it without the run game. The run game has to be proficient, and you can't quit on it when it's continuously working on you there. And it certainly was working in the first half, Butch, and you mentioned uh, the coaching or the offensive plays being called by Lions head coach Dan Campbell. And my question is, where does that leave offensive coordinator Anthony Lynn, who was in the press box, not doing the calls? Is he going to be the first guy to fall on the sword here? Because now Campbell's taking over the offense and, and calling plays. What does the offensive coordinator do? Well, I'm quite sure Lynn is still making the calls. I think uh, right now, Dan... Uh, Campbell's making the final decision on the particular calls that are made. And I'm quite sure that Dan Campbell has went along with the calls that were made from the booth or on the field from uh, Anthony Lynn there, okay? So you, you're running the ballpark of that. Again, those two minds have to get together and say, hey, look, what works best for this team with the personnel that we have right now? So be it, okay? We can do this thing very well. Do we run it out, or do we make them stop us, or do we continue to do that, or do we find some way to use some better patterns? And because right now they're not using the better patterns in order to find the receivers there. Again, the time that uh, this guy, and I'm talking about our, our regular quarterback there, our golf, is down there, he's not giving this a uh, – there's no chance at all that uh, if a receiver can get loose, he will find them because he's not mobile enough, okay? So there's a problem there with basically right now Campbell understanding, first and foremost, his coaching staff there and looking at the talent that they have on the field and using the best uh, options they can use. They're not doing it. 
Well, the good news, Butch, is the Lions will not finish 0-17, setting an NFL record. Uh, they still could uh, match their record of losses with 16. Uh, they'll take on the Cleveland Browns this upcoming Sunday at Cleveland. You can hear that game over on our sister station, Oldies 93, starting at noon. And that's a good transition, Butch, uh, to Week 10 of the NFL. And, and speaking of the Cleveland Browns, I know our good friend Dave Watson is listening tonight. And certainly uh, it was not a good performance by the Browns of several key players out, but boy, this new England team, they're, they're really intriguing to me. This was a team that was two and four, a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones. And man, I'll tell you what, he's looked as good as anybody over the past few weeks. Your thoughts on uh, that game and some of the other things that you saw in week 10. That's a big example. I'm going to leave out right now. New England got very good coaches. Yep. The Lions don't have that. Got that right. First year guy, okay, who has less of a chance than Jared Goff, who's had about four years in the league. Yeah. And, th and this young man's performing versus what you know, Jeff Goff is bringing to the table. Come on. It's the coaching staff is making good of the talent they got right now in New England. And they're fine. And these are brand new people, okay? Right. They're just not. Been there a thousand years. You know, they're running back, the brand new running back there. He's freshly new, and they're finding plays that they excel on there, okay? And you got to know what your talent can do in order to uh, kind of mend up a game plan that's going to be successful for you and make your team competitive. Some of the other games last night, uh, we saw Kansas City Chiefs uh, look like the Kansas City Chiefs as they knock off the Raiders by the score of a 41 to 14. And Butch, all of a sudden, the Chiefs, uh, who are in last place going into this weekend, are in first place because all the teams ahead of them lost, including the L.A. Chargers as they fell at home to Minnesota and the Denver Broncos. They also lose. So all is right in Kansas City, we think. What are your thoughts? It's a very good year for Kansas City. The way they started this year, you could say you could wrap it up if there was any West team in their division right now who was doing halfway decent. They're in the division right now is all in limbo there. Yeah. So if Kansas City just go ahead on and run the table as they should, uh, and I'm quite sure they can win the majority of their games, which are probably about eight of them left. They should be in the playoffs there with no questions asked as a first-place team. Uh, you know, again, we listen to the sometimes we listen to the uh, media and whatnot and then see the conditions they were in, and uh, they're not too always pleasurable. Kansas City does have some problems on defense as well as their offense, but they seem to have it together or got it together somewhat to, to deal with Oakland, which is not, or I should say Las Vegas, which is not a bad team itself, okay? And they burnt them to a no-not-one there. So, hey, give credit to Kansas City uh, showing that uh, we're, we haven't lost a step. No, they did looked like themselves last night, Butch, and another team that is playing well this week, Green Bay. Uh, the return of Aaron Rodgers from his COVID-19 quarantine. 
Wasn't a shootout as many people predicted as Russell Wilson also came back for Seattle. That game was 3-0 going into the fourth quarter. Green Bay beat Seattle by the score of 17-0 and now the top seed in the NFC as Arizona minus Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. They got taken out to the woodshed by kind of a rejuvenated Carolina squad. Cam Newton back. He's going to start at quarterback next week. He had a pair of touchdowns. Uh, Christian McCaffrey back at running back. Uh, So so right now, Green Bay, the top seed in the NFC. We'll see what the Rams do tonight, but I didn't expect a, a 17 nothing game on Sunday at Lambeau Field. Well, you know what? You know, it, it, it looks funny. I couldn't expect it because Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers been off one week. Uh, Russell Wilson about three, three and a half weeks yeah. there. Uh, Wilson was going to be rusty. And uh, and it showed in the fourth quarter he didn't have it. Okay, and his team didn't have it as well. So you know, you know, I tip my hat off to Green Bay. They came back and uh, showed the world that uh, we love Aaron Rodgers, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a good guy now. <laughs> I had to get that one out of my system, <laughs> but and, and you know, and, and bygones be bygones. There, on the other hand, um, it is it, Seattle's in trouble there. Okay, in the division they are, that that's a closely knit uh, thing. If Arizona just go ahead and do what they got to do. Uh, Arizona should win that division, but again, we don't know what's going to happen with that because San Francisco's going to get better. Um, Los Angeles is still in the hunt. Uh, Seattle can conceivably, uh, you know, make some spoilers to some people and whatnot there, make that a more tighter division there. And, and of course, uh, Arizona with their quarterback gone and their best receiver gone, that's going to be somewhat a concern too. But, again, their defense, if their defense is anywhere like it has been in the first uh, seven games for uh, Arizona, they should be able to take that in a vision with no problem. You would think so. Uh, Butch, a couple yeah. AFC heavy hitters. Buffalo gets back on track as they uh, demolish the Jets by the score of 45-17. to 17. And Tennessee, well, I'll tell you what, Tennessee's played six straight playoff opponents from last year, and they've won all of them as they squeak out a 23-21 to 21 win over New Orleans. Uh, you know, with the Titans, Butch, it looked like the loss of Derrick Henry while still big, uh, they've been able to win games. Uh, this Tennessee team, I think, is doing it more on the defensive end than the offense. Uh, Tennessee's 8-2, and two and they're looking good. Well, they're doing things the old-fashioned way. they got an old-fashioned coach in a modern type of city there, and uh, they're doing quite well there. Uh, the nice thing about it, they, they, go, they, they went out there and got some people. Uh, right after the injury uh, was announced that Henry might be lost the whole season. I think personally, if Tennessee has any opportunity of getting in the playoffs, he may miss the first game. But other than that, I think Derrick Henry would be available if they went any further there. That's my opinion on this particular injury that he has there. But they have had some very credible people taking the spots up there and then keeping the games close as that defense you said is doing the job. And Watch out for Tennessee because they look like they're playoff bound. I think so. Butch, a couple other games before we head to our next break. Dallas uh, rebounds after they lose to Denver last week. They absolutely take Atlanta out to the woodshed. 
defeating the Falcons 43 to three and uh, kind of the head scratcher game to me was in a Washington as the football team knocks off Tampa Bay by the score of a 29 to 19 uh, last season, Butch after Tampa had a bye, they didn't lose a game. They won all the regular season games and playoff games. What's your thoughts on Tampa right now? Yes, they have Brady, uh, but boy, that defense and a lot of penalties in that game. Should Tampa fans be worried right now? No. They're going to the playoffs. They will be going to the playoffs. Now, how successful they'll be when they get there is another situation there, but they're going to the playoffs. I don't think they're worried too much about anything. I think right now they're getting a rough patch, plus uh, the team Washington Football Club is not, you know, a team that basically just is bad altogether. They have a very young, vigorous team. Yep. They seem to get better every week, regardless of the record that they have right now, as far as players is concerned. And that means the coaching staff is getting a little more acclimated with the talent that they have and how to use them. Uh, beware. Washington Football Club will be uh, a smoker with anybody who, who they're going to be playing this year. Plus, um, they, they're looking at the outcome of next year's and the years beyond, okay, as far as the coaching staff is concerned with that particular situation. Butch, Monday night football tonight, the L.A. Rams uh, minus Robert Woods, but with Odell Beckham Jr. at wide receiver, will take on at San Francisco, who is struggling. Rams, just a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That kind of surprises me. What do you think about tonight's game? No surprise at all. Los Angeles put this up in the, in the gutter right now with those losses and whatnot. Although uh, Von Miller will be playing tonight, he's in the lineup along with Donald. That should be a pretty scary situation if everything is clicking properly for uh, the Los Angeles defensive line there. Uh, on the other hand, Galapagos and uh, and the scheme that San Francisco used, they're not afraid of Los Angeles. And you know, you there's a word called rivalry that yep. should be used with uh, those two particular teams because when they get together, it's, it doesn't seem like uh, it's, it's all about the you know a win of the league. They seem to get more people hurt in those particular games than I've ever seen. So look out for the pain. It's going to be a rough and, and bumpy ride for Matthew Stafford as well as uh, other players on both teams there. Butch, we're going to take a break, but when you and I come back, we still have more football to talk about in the college football variety as both Michigan and Michigan State in action this weekend and both keeping their Big Ten hopes alive as well as playoff hopes alive all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. 
At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at ombloans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Don Wilson Insurance Agency is big enough to serve and small enough to care. Don Wilson Insurance offers coverage from Fremont Insurance for personal, auto, home, boat, and commercial. Caring about community is just one of the things that sets us apart. We like to think of it as teamwork. When it comes to protecting the things that matter most, we have you covered. Call Don Wilson Insurance today for your free Fremont insurance quote at 906-635-5600. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 723 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Just a reminder, coming up around 8 o'clock, we'll join the Detroit Pistons game in progress as right now, with five minutes left in the first quarter, the Pistons losing to Sacramento by the score of 18-10. to Butch, let's move on to college football as both Michigan and Michigan State were in action. Um, the Michigan stayed undefeated. It wasn't easy, but they would win at Penn State by the score of 21 to 17 on Saturday. And Michigan State bounced back after that loss to Purdue as they defeat Maryland by the score of 40 to 21 at Spartan Stadium. I accidentally said Michigan remains undefeated, lest I remember that Michigan State beat them two weeks ago. And so Michigan and Michigan State both still in the Big Ten East Hunt and Big Ten Championship. Uh, playoff race as well as the national playoff race. Uh, Michigan State will go to Columbus to take on a very hot Ohio State club. That one will be Saturday at noon while Michigan and they're going to be at Maryland uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, Butch, thoughts on Michigan and Michigan State and uh, where they sit heading into the last couple games of the regular season? Play is simple. Michigan State win both games. Michigan State's going to Indianapolis. Yep. Plain and simple. Spartans got it all their way. All they got to do is take care of business. These are particular games upcoming, and it's all theirs. Lock, stock, and barrel there. Uh, for as Michigan concerned, now they can do the same. However, uh, they got to hope that Michigan State lose in order for them to be successful. And same thing for Michigan is concerned. They, if they went out, uh, they'll go. That, that's uh, providing that Michigan State does their job. You know, if Michigan State doesn't do their job, then there's there's the deal right there. But right now, Michigan State is sitting up top on the on the boat right now for the parade in, in Indianapolis if they went out. And really, every Big Ten team uh, that we mentioned, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, basically control their own destiny. You said it, Butch, the winner of uh, the game in Columbus will control their own destiny, uh, assuming Ohio State beats Michigan, which is a pretty good assumption uh, over the past uh, 12, 13 years. Uh, Michigan, obviously, they got to win that game against Maryland and then beat Ohio State. Uh, of those three teams, which one do you think has the best chance? To me, Ohio State's 
playing as good as anybody right now. They're uh, playing like I think a lot of people thought they would. Uh, what are your thoughts? I don't really agree with that there. You know, I think Ohio State is vulnerable in my reality there. They're going to deal with a Michigan State team who is very physical on defense. They run the ball very well. I don't think Ohio State gets a lot of that there. They get a lot of teams that throw against them, and they somewhat it's very, very good at dealing with teams that pass a lot there. Michigan would be one of those teams that pass more than maybe Michigan State or more vulnerable because they do rely on their pass. Other than Michigan State right now with Kenny Walker doing what he's doing there and some other backs as well, they seem to be pretty good on ground chucking that wall there. And then in doing that again, I always say you give that defensive line um, a run for their money and make it very tough on them to do their job because, again, safeties and cornerbacks have to help them out. So, again, this is – I can't – I'm not going to – the point is that Ohio State can be beat. Now, Michigan beat them or Michigan State beat them or both of them beat them. There will be a feather in the gap because, again, Oregon beat them. Yeah. And no one can talk <laughs> talk louder than me right now, okay? But the deal is they can be beaten, and they, and they should be. So let's see what happens this next couple of weeks. First with Michigan State, let's root for Michigan State to beat Ohio State. Fine. We don't have to worry about Ohio State in no playoffs or anything because the both of the Michigans take care of them. That certainly would be nice. One of those Michigans will be in the be in the in the playoffs. You can bet that for sure. Looking at the playoff standings, Butch, they'll be updated tomorrow night. Uh, right now, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Ohio State would be the four teams. Of course, lots can change over the next couple weeks. And ESPN has on their website a playoff predictor as far far as uh, what they think or the mathematical formulas as far as percentages of percentage chance rather of teams getting in uh, Georgia has the best chance according to this uh, 96% chance of getting into the playoff second Alabama at 64% and this one surprised me Notre Dame just kind of sitting there at 9 and 1 they have a 60% chance in this uh playoff predictor, if you will, to get into the playoff and Ohio State with a 50% chance. They got Michigan at 34, Michigan State at 2%, and your Oregon Ducks at 5. Of course, you can throw that all out the window right now because the games haven't been played, but uh, as far as that, I just wanted your thoughts. Wouldn't it be something if Notre Dame gets in over an undefeated Cincinnati team? I can't imagine that happening, but with this playoff system, anything's possible. You and I are on the same boat because that's not going to happen. Notre Dame is not going to no playoffs this year. I bet your bottom dollar on that there because their 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 schedule is soft as a doggone uh, fluffy pancake. There, <laughs> not thrown on the syrup or no butter on it, so they're not going. Uh, if I looked at it today, Alabama and Georgia, they will probably meet up in the southeast. Whoever wins, that's the one. Southeast team that's going to the playoffs. For sure. Not one. Michigan and Michigan State. Again, if they both went out, okay, and Michigan State went out and then win the championship in Indianapolis, Michigan State is in the playoffs. Yep. That's a plain and simple when this thing comes to bat. If Oregon does what it has to do, okay, and that's going to be a hard nut to swallow there because, again, they had problems in the – Washington and University of Washington, okay? And, but, you know, perseverance is cool. 
They'll be in there. And finally, Cincinnati. They will get in. I hope they do. I think they will get in because, again, the common denominator is everybody beats up on somebody. And Ohio State will definitely not get in because if Michigan does damage to them or, or Michigan State does damage to them, they're out of it right then and there. They're yep. done. They're cooked. They're fried. If they're going to use Oklahoma as an example to get on in there, I think they lost that one when they lost the game last week there because that was one that many felt that Oklahoma should have won. Now, again, and Cincinnati is the common denominator that people don't like to hear, but I'm going to say it anyway. If they don't lose a game, they're good. If they lose a game, it's a goodbye. Yep, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Butch, let's move on to the NHL and the Detroit Red Wings, a team that is playing a very good hockey. Uh, they go 2-1 and one for the week, uh, winners of 4 out of 5 as the Wings beat Edmonton on Tuesday. They would fall to Washington on Thursday. And then on Saturday night, uh, skating to a 3-2 to overtime victory over the Montreal Canadiens as Dylan Larkin scored at two goals, including the game winner. The Wings are in third place in the Atlanta. Division with a eight six and two record, they're above five hundred in November. I love it, and they are at Columbus tonight, taking on the Blue Jackets. Uh, Butch, we've talked a lot about the Wings over the last few weeks. Uh, things we've liked that we've seen so far. I uh, wanted your thoughts as far as the Wings uh, heading into their game or playing their game right now in Columbus. Well, four and one and zero in the last five games is not chicken scratch. Although uh-huh. a lot of those games came from home cooking for the Red Wings. And the one thing they're doing very good this year, they're winning games at home or they're tying games at home. Yep. That is the best thing that you can offer any team when it comes down to evening yourself out when it comes down to playoffs. They're going to win some games on the road there. How many? Uh, we have no idea. Now, Columbus Brew Jackets is a doggone good team. The Red Wings go in there. Uh, with their heads up high and not looking down for the first check that's going to come their way, they're going to lose very bad to Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. If they put on a good performance there, at least tie the game or win, uh, then we can say, you know, the Red Wings are now cooking with some grease, and wherever they go right now, they're going to be feared. Wings just scored Butch, uh, Dylan Larkin with the goal. Uh, they lead Columbus one to nothing. You can hear that game over on 1230 WSO right now. And uh, their next game will be Thursday in Vegas as they make the West Coast trip. And Butch, uh, just one final thought on the Red Wings. Uh, certainly we're seeing a lot of their young players uh, do very well that we've talked about. Raymond, uh, along with Seidler on defense, uh, they seem to be getting a lot better goaltending. Uh, what, what's been the key so far to their success in your opinion, outside uh, the players that I mentioned. Veterans are stepping up. Yep. Uh, uh, Suter stepping up right now. There, he, he's, he's, he's more familiar. And all the other veterans, the fresh ones that they got in the offseason, as well as some of the other ones, or Hornick, uh, who got sent down and sent back up. He's not Mr. Beat on defense. Uh there's a lot of things that the Red Wings have options on, which I'm talking about the uh, the head coach, general manager, because you now have, again, you have some capable key people up in Grand Rapids who are ready to come down here right now to, to show that they can make an impact on with this team. So it's not going to take too much for them to gel with some good established players who right now, 
in that locker room, you know they're very positive uh, frame of mind in there. You can't do nothing but try to do well. And that's a big difference from some of the locker rooms I've seen in the past where basically, you know, sometimes I feel like a nut and sometimes I don't there. It's some consistency is being built with the Red Wings right now. And how successful they'd be on the road at this trip is going to kind of give them an outlook for the rest of the season. Butch, a team that hasn't been that consistent, the Detroit Pistons. We've seen the good and the bad over the past few days. The Pistons did get a nice win at Houston on Wednesday night, and they looked uh, brutal. Uh, for lack of a better term, on Friday against Cleveland. And then on Saturday, Pistons, I thought, one of their best games in quite some time. They knock off Toronto 127-121 to as Jeremy Grant scored 24 points. Isaiah Stewart added 20. And I thought in that game, the Pistons just had great shot selection. And it kind of gave you a glimpse of how this team could be. Oh, well, tonight they're not so good. After one quarter, they're losing 31-12. to to Sacramento, but uh, just overall, Butch, on the Pistons, uh, we're seeing some good things, and we're seeing some not-so-good things. Consistency, okay, and and that starts off with the coaching staff there. What are this coaching staff doing in order to make bring consistency to the team? And again, one thing I don't see is they're emptying the bench with a, a, the other players who are right now sitting there and wasting time versus giving them playing time that really is deserving right now because of the record they do have. I think it's a big mistake not to put Garza out there and and see what he has bring to the to the table. I think he has a lot to bring to the table. One thing uh, I can bet you for sure, he's not scared of any big man in this league as far as bodying up and being tough with him there. Uh, the Pistons don't have that. They have a more or less a finesseful type of center in uh, Stewart, and also the other uh, uh, centers are very finesseful there. When I say finesseful, not willing to body up with them, not willing to uh, give a hard way to go. And these better teams that you see in the NBA has a prolific center that weighs a, a, a good amount of, 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 of weight and, and size, and you can't body up with them there. Again, those are going to wear you down. The big thing for the Pistons is, again, with this particular game, plus to me, they played the best game I've seen in about three and a half years. Yeah. Okay? And when I saw them play Toronto, 54% of the shots went in. And that's because they were working shots that they were able to hit versus settling for the three-point shot and going back and absolutely getting nothing. And they even down with the three-pointers, which was set up by the shorter shots. They shot 43%. And that's, a, you know, I'll buy that. I, I like to see 50% or beyond, but 43%. It's not bad at all. They're making their shots, and it's a big deal with that. Plus, they're playing good defense. When you see the Pistons now, and I bet you 10-1, to 1, and you have to see any highlights, the defense stunk. I bet you half the team is, has foul trouble right now <laughs> that we probably don't even know about there. And during the commercial, maybe I'll look that on up there, and we'll look it up and say, well, there's the reason right there. Joe Blow's on the bench. Sister Sam is on the bench, and everybody else. Now they're bringing in people right now cold as an ice pick, and you're expecting, well, when I say the ice pick there, they're bringing in the bench, which, by the way, 
has been the best sign of the Pistons to me this year has been their bench. Their bench has been outstanding, and they have saved the uh, the the starters uh, many bad black eye there for that bench to come out there and score in the majority of the times a lot more than the other bench there. So you can't say that certain parts of the Pistons are not working. I think the point that's not working is you got to put it in the players in the game that are producing, and the Pistons are not doing that in a consistent amount of time. Butch, we're going to take our final break of the night, but when you and I come back, we still have a lot more to cover, including the Detroit Tigers, who made a very big signing in the world of free agency. We'll talk about that and more, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Reed Metals in Tafter, your honest main source one-stop metal recycling business serving northern Michigan hopes you had a wonderful summer. Our summer is coming to an end and soon we will have snow. Now's the time to do your fall cleanup and make some extra money by selling your scrap metals. Reed Metals will give you an honest price for your metal without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. They'll pay you for items like scrap vehicles, heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, aluminum rims, motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Roll-off dumpster service available for both residential and commercial locations. Reed Metals is located just 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Your backyard should be an oasis, not a challenge. With steel, you can enjoy great value on outdoor power equipment that will get you there. From lightweight, quiet blowers to easy starting, powerful chainsaws, the battery-powered AK Homeowner Series has what you need to take on your to-do list. Visit Skinners of Pickford, your tractor source in the north, Pickford, Michigan. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern UP for over 38 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Give them a call, 906-632-1235. Or stop by and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Dreaming of owning your own home? Turn that dream into a reality with help from Taquamanan Area Credit Union. TACU has a full line of mortgage products to fit your every need. Not sure where to begin? Getting a pre-approval is a good first step on the road to home ownership. To get pre-approved, you can apply online at TACUMI.com. Visit us at our Newberry office or call our mortgage department at 906-293-5117. Taquamanan Area Credit Union. To us, it's always personal. Member NCUA. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 
7.42 on the game, ESPN of 1400. Scott Mason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Don't forget, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of our show, you can find it a little bit later on tonight, usually around 8.15 or so. On the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. And right after our show, we'll be joining Detroit Pistons basketball already in progress. And it's a dumpster fire as far as a game so far. Nine minutes left in the second quarter, Butch. Sacramento 42, Detroit 16. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Like I said, consistency. I'd like to hear, but maybe not. What the coach say tonight if they lose here? That's a, again, that should not be the case. They had a good day of rest on Sunday. By a walkthrough this morning, and to come in there looking like slop guys, changes should be made. And I took the over in that game, and it was two ten, so it's not looking good for me as well. Oh, yeah, I think you better, you know, collect some bottles or something. I think I will. Yes, gonna make up that big two dollar bet that I laid, Butch. Every gas station you see, absolutely, <laughs> Butch. Uh, the Detroit Tigers certainly have uh, made some news today, as it was announced that they have signed uh, former Boston Red Sox pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez to a five year seven. $77 million contract. Uh, Rodriguez, 28, has pitched six seasons for the Detroit Red Sox after making his major league debut in 2015. His career ERA a little high, 416. He pitched 32 games last season, uh, 4.74 ERA, 47 walks, and 185 strikeouts. Uh, the Red Sox extended Rodriguez the $18.4 million qualifying offer, but he turned it down and is now going to join a very young Detroit Tigers pitching staff. Wanted your thoughts on uh, the Tigers who signed a catcher a couple weeks ago from Cincinnati and Tyler Bernhardt and maybe even more, but your thoughts on the Rodriguez signing. Well, some boners in there. I'm going to mention, you mentioned the five-year $77 million contract, although uh, Rodriguez can opt out of, of this contract in the second year. Right. That has a no-trade clause. Uh, slapped on in there too there and he can make up to three million dollars in performance bonuses okay which um chucked on to his money uh that's not bad either there so this is not a promising situation with the tigers there although i think a lot of it has to do with the um uh, the pitching coach has now been brought up with the Tigers from Toledo is Juan Nevis, who was his uh, pitching coach in 2015. Now, Nevis is going to be with the Tigers full-time with the, the main team. He's been brought up from Toledo. He won't be down there as a pitching coach no more. He'll be with the Tigers. So that will get some fire and some, some spark, hopefully. I do not like his ERA of 4.74. That doesn't tell me nothing. He was 13-8 and eight last year, although, you know, during the circumstances where a lot of the managers now are not letting you pitch complete games or you do have a maybe a winning game going on where the bullpen loses, it doesn't really tell the score on this there, but he's been on the bad end when the team has to score five runs and you still can't win. Um, there's something not good in the cookie jar. So I'm looking at the Tigers trying to kind of 
brush up this guy's image there and also his way of doing pitching, and hopefully he can be a successful call. Because, again, right now, I'm not looking, I'm looking at the scoreboard here for the Detroit Tigers, and five runs a game for a pitcher to win there it seems a whole heck of a lot. Butch, another need for the Detroit Tigers in the offseason is a shortstop, and uh, certainly uh, there are some uh, pretty good uh, shortstops in the free agent market, including Carlos Correa, uh, along with several others. Uh, are the Tigers uh, going? I mean, it's hard to predict what they're going to do, but uh, certainly a, a need at shortstop for this team, in my opinion. Uh, will they be making more potential uh, big uh, Splash signings, in your opinion? I don't know. Just being a a guy just sitting on the sidelines with this thing, sure. I would have waited for the shortstop there before I went after a pitcher. I think they have a good round of pitchers and the staff there. They need some seasoning, and that can be done in the off season there, and also um, during spring training there for the Tigers uh, pitcher staff, which they have right now, is to get better there. I think that seventy-seven million dollars. If a shortstop was a great need, this is the best year to get one. There's so many shortstops available with talent and with effort and also with some charisma of coming in the locker room, knowing that they can make a contribution right away. Um, that's kind of a risk right now when it comes down to so what these shortstops are going to be asking for. And maybe they know that already. Maybe that's why they're looking at the uh, – the situation where it's someone that they can readily afford or readily can know that they can keep. Uh, I don't think they want a contract such as um, Miguel Cabrera's contract on a shortstop. I don't think that'll ever happen ever again uh, for that particular reason. And, you know, reasons that many other fans have likewise there. But, again, they're going to have to be smart with the money that they're being allotted and from um, – the, uh, the president, uh, Mr. Illich there, when it comes down to bring some kids there, that actually people are looking for the Tigers this year to be over 500 teams. Anything other than it's a waste of time and the people are going to be very, very, very mad. Butch, college basketball just getting underway last week. We saw Michigan State fall to Kansas. They would uh, defeat Western Michigan over the weekend. And Michigan, uh, now ranked number four, they win both their games last week. And, and both teams have interesting games coming up. Uh, Michigan will host Seton Hall uh, tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. And one certainly that's gotten a lot of conversation around our station, uh, Michigan State travels to Butler. Our good friend Mark Sanangelo, a Butler grad, and of course, me, a Michigan State fan. We had a lot of fun with that before the show. Uh, it is early in college basketball. Uh, just some of your early thoughts so far on what you've seen. Nothing. I knew you were going to say that. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I don't put nothing in stock during this early part of the season. A lot of the teams are going to play uh, Okefenokee State <laughs> at home and pay them some money to give them a bus ride there and a bus ride back. Um, you know, maybe have a great hearty meal or something there and beat the crap out of them and send them home. I, it, it, this is too early, really. Now, the Michigan State and Kansas game, that was a very significant game for as early as it was uh, held. Um, again, well, Michigan State played a doggone good team, and they can build on that. That's why so many people hate to say it, 
but I will. That's why Michigan State every single year gets a turn to the tournaments there because they play the stronger uh, link of schedules there. And in most cases, they're very successful at there. In this case, with Kansas, they wasn't. But again, that'll all count down the road a piece when it comes down to going to the to the tournament. Butch, a couple more topics before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. It certainly was an exciting Friday night in the Nason household as World Cup qualifying continues uh, for well around the world, really. But looking at uh, both the U.S. and Canada, both getting victories on Friday. The U.S. knocks off Mexico two to nothing. They'll play Jamaica tomorrow. While Canada, they continue to win as well, and they'll take on Mexico tomorrow night. Uh, we're halfway through qualification stage, Butch. But U.S. soccer got to have a, a lot of confidence uh, going through the rest of their campaign. Anytime you beat Mexico, that's a big win, and the U.S. did that Friday night. Yeah, but Mexico seemed to be at its best when the chips fall where they made there. So yep. kind of, you know, they may have to look at them again when it comes down to ratifications of who's qualifying and who's not from uh, the region of uh, of the land there. And plus, you know what? It's soccer here, man. You know, what do you expect here? Jamaica's not a bad team at all. And they're going to, I do believe they're going to Jamaica, right? They are, correct. Okay, well, it's not an easy task. So if they do something in Jamaica and win pretty good, uh, we can say, you know what? Uh, there's some good hope that the United States would show very well. How about this, this score from today, Butch? England 10, San Marino nothing. That was... Uh, <laughs> How many people in England played and <laughs> who sat out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. there, there's something wrong with that particular score there, man. Wow. England, and you know what? England's getting a lot better than a lot of people want to give them credit for. I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. England is not looking like the Patsy that they have for the last 20 years. You know, you can kind of maybe count on maybe one or two years being in the, in the World Cups and whatnot, but when they had to sit, that put a fire under this particular country where they built very slowly and now they're getting players from again of the Premier League who are born and bred in Europe and in England and whatnot there do make that team very complete there. They're getting some good people there. So watch out for them. Down the road a piece. Butch, final topic here, the world of wrestling. We haven't talked about it for a few weeks and uh I have not really watched it for a few weeks. So what the heck's going on in the WWE? in the AEW. And with good reason here. Not, not, you know, what's being built up right now is the women's division in the WWE. Let's start off with them there. Uh, starting off with Raw, with uh, Becky Lynn and a host of people that are in that particular um, division there. Um, uh, they have these round robin uh, uh, competitions and whatnot. And I think they go, that's what's going to happen. Uh, this occasion because we know the Survivor Series is coming up, so it's Raw against SmackDown there. Uh, Raw, I think, uh, did a number on SmackDown last year there, and they expect to do it again, which I don't think is going to happen. I think they're going to kind of flop it around or even it out a little bit there because in the last past three or four years with this Survivor Series thing, it's always been uh, one team just overwhelmed the other particular uh, brand there. So I don't think it's going to be like that this year there. Uh, the men's division, um, uh, when I watched SmackDown, I saw Kevin, no, Ross, Kevin Owens 
It's funky. Yeah. Paper last week. He's becoming the Kevin Owens of old there, man. So basically right now he's gonna look like he's gonna do everything in this power to get a championship master uh with E there and I think that happens pretty soon, sooner than later there, so that's gonna be pretty exciting. On the AEW side there, I think it's had um the thing going on in Minneapolis, I haven't looked at that particular yet, whether or not there, because it's not really been made readily available. If you can get it, you can get it on, let me see, um, what it is, um, Bench Warmer or whatever it may be. What, I, I forget the little brand it is uh, that they uh, they show the pay-per-views on, and it's a ridiculous high price that yeah. right now I, I, can, I wouldn't pay for that. Not when I... I'm set up for what I'm set up with there. Uh, I haven't. I looked at it where uh, Punk is uh, getting a little bit more involved in the situations of, of the wrestling matches and, uh, is, and and what's going on there. So it, it, it's it's scratching. I think the biggest news there is um, is a lot of wrestlers right now are taking time off from wrestling due to. Um, mental illness and stuff there butch let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week i will start thumbs up to the rudyard bulldogs football team and making it to their second ever state semi-final certainly not the way they wanted to end the season but boy they were right with sutton's bay on its saturday i listened to the whole game there over on country 105 with dave watson on the call did a great job and certainly coach jim suggett and all the players can hang their head high and it won't be too long, just a couple weeks before we see the Rudyard Bulldogs on the basketball court. And what what a program they got going on in Rudyard, all their teams having success, advancing far into the playoffs. And so certainly thumbs up for the entire Rudyard Bulldogs sports program. And uh, we haven't heard the last of them this year, that's for sure. Another thumbs up uh, to the Detroit Red Wings, uh, just a team I've enjoyed watching more. I will admit over the past few seasons, haven't tuned in a lot to to watch the Red Wings, and uh, they are uh, a scrappy team and certainly a team I think that could make the playoffs this year if things can continue to go their way. So thumbs up to the Detroit Red Wings and how they're doing. Uh, right now they're playing Columbus uh, in Columbus, and at last report that score was one nothing. It is one nothing at the end of one period, and you know what? I don't have any thumbs down this week, Butch. I'm in a pretty positive mood, so I'll turn the mic to you for your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Butch, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. Oh, maybe we... I hit my little button. There we go. I thought I, I thought I put you to sleep there for a no, minute. you didn't put me to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you got me a little bit riled up here. Um... <laughs> A thumbs up for Dan Campbell, okay? I give him a, the credit credit due. He had the ball to go up there and talk to his uh, coaching staff and all and took the reins under his belt, and he got a tie-off of it. Not something we want, not something no one wants, but, again, it showed progress uh, in some areas that basically I've been talking about all year long, making me look like a wizard, <laughs> uh, a Ph.D. guy here when it comes down to football. Uh, thumbs down. To Dan Campbell. Oh. Okay? For making the decision to keep a quarterback in there who should not have been there, okay? I believe very highly that uh, Blount should have been in there the second half. Uh, he was not mobile enough, and I'm talking about Jerry Goff, 
and uh, and the field goal kicker gets a, um, a, a, a momentum to me to be left off the team and find another kicker here because that's a shame. An extra point or maybe a field goal would have won the game for the Detroit Lions, and we haven't even talked about that, but that was the key to the whole game. Butch, we got about a minute left. Uh, what's on deck for Butch on Sports this week, uh, Wednesday and Sunday nights? We'll probably go over the the finals for um, or the uh, semifinals for volleyball yep. in the state of Michigan. There, we already went over the semifinals for football and for the finals in uh, the Player Eight deal. But uh, volleyball is going to be ending this weekend. Of course, the swimming and diving for the Lower Peninsula also for this weekend there. So we'll talk a wee bit about that and. I will devote some time to our, our, I mean, our, our, our home team, Detroit Pistons. <laughs> yes, they're losing 60 to 34 right now, Butch. <laughs> Butch Davis joining us on the game. Butch, appreciate you joining us once again on this Monday night. We'll talk to you next Monday for our next edition of the game, sir. Be willing and ready there. All right. That's going to do it for tonight's show. Want to thank Butch Davis along with co host David McKeg Jr. Again, if you want to hear the full two hour version of tonight's show, you can find it here in a little bit on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Right after we get off the air, we'll join. Detroit Pistons basketball in progress right now. Three minutes left in the second quarter. The Pistons losing to Sacramento 60-34. to You have been listening to the Twins' only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. Everyone have a great night, and we'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of The Game here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to The Game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sioux St. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.